Welcome to Authentic with Dr. Greg Ammons, the podcast where we look at aspects of the Christian faith so we can live a real, genuine, authentic life for Jesus Christ. Well, hello and welcome to another podcast of Authentic with Dr. Greg Ammons. I'm glad that you've joined us. And today I have a special guest. I will be interviewing my son, Camden. Uh, This is a great uh, privilege for me to be able to do that, and a special time for me to be able to do this. Camden is 16 years old. He is a junior at Wiley Prep Academy in Wiley. Yes. And he has been called to preach, and uh, he will continue that into college, that preparation, and then into seminary. And so today I want to interview him, and we will discuss together the topic of preaching Camden, we love preaching. We do. We love it so much. It's it's a passion of both of ours. We both we find ourselves talking about it in the car or after school or late at night. Uh, we love dissecting it. We love talking about the nuts and bolts of it, and we love um, just talking about how to do it. Uh, we love hearing it. We attended a preaching conference not too long ago. Yes, in March we did. went up to St. Louis, and it was fun uh, mm-hmm. listening to other preachers and and. Uh, at night in the hotel, talk about them. who's your favorite, yes. uh, what really fired you up, and, and we do. We, we love preaching and love talking about preaching, and Camden has preached several times. Uh, he has yes. preached at our church, First Baptist Church of Garland, on a Wednesday night, and he'll be doing that again coming up soon, uh, another sermon uh, that he'll be preaching on Wednesday. And he's also preached several times in his school, uh, it's, a, it's a private Christian school, in chapel to his peers. Tell me about that. What's it like to preach in front of your peers? It is very difficult. Uh, there's about, it's a small school, so there's about 50 of us in, uh, or actually about 100 of us in high school. And so you're preaching in front of your entire high school, in front of your peers, in front of your friends, and it, however you do, you have to live with that for the rest of the day <laughs> because it's early on in the morning. Uh, but my, my friends have always been very supportive. They've texted me several times telling me how much they enjoy it, and um, I'm really, really blessed to have people like that in my life. And what's cool as your dad is whenever – uh, they ask you to speak or preach and revive. You're always, oh yeah, I'm I'm yes. ready, and so that that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool to see. And then, and of course, I kind of walk with you uh, through the process of how God develops mm-hmm. a sermon in you, and yes. and so it's kind of cool to for for me to be able to um, to see that and and then to hear you preach. Um, what type of sermons do you like listening to the most? What what really fires you up whenever you hear a sermon? I really enjoy expository. Um, I don't like fluff. I love good theological substance. I love it when you take a passage and then you go verse by verse and you dissect it. You uh, look at the different layers of it. I love looking at the languages of the Hebrew and the Greek of the uh, Old and New Testament. I feel like the Hebrew, there are so many, it's such a different way of thinking. It's right to left instead of left to right. And there are so many mysteries inside of it the greek it paints a picture and i i I just love doing word studies and i love seeing like how much more a passage means like through someone else's eyes through someone else who might have more education than i do uh seeing it through their eyes when it's a passage that i've always been familiar with i love seeing it from a new perspective and i love it when i when i 
dissect it. Um, David Allen, Dr. David Allen, who's a seminary professor, uh, he spoke at the preaching conference that we were at, and he did a couple of of exegetical sermons in Hebrew in Hebrews, and they were phenomenal, absolutely amazing. And so those are probably my favorite types of sermons. I'm with you. I love painting a word picture, uh, taking a sermon or a passage. Uh, and like you said, verse by verse, word by word, and, and just and let that word paint a picture, and then and then illustrate it. I mean, you know, with a powerful illustration, that absolutely. Can somehow that that yes. comes alive. But that that's my those types of sermons are, are what I like to listen to as well. The ones that that maybe I don't like to listen to as well are, are like you said, maybe more fluff or or. Uh, but but I, I love the substance right. and and uh, just the. Uh, uh, the, the word pictures. Would you rather be informed by a sermon or inspired? Um, I love being informed. Um, I gravitate more towards, you and I both gravitate more towards intellectual type of sermon. So if I get to learn something new, I'm on board. But if I had to choose between the two, I would rather be inspired. Um, you can inform me all day and that's awesome. But if you inspire me, that's going to leave a legacy. That's going to, it's going to, um, allow me to look at something that I've been familiar with, look at it in a whole new way and look at God in a whole new way. And that's something that I'm going to use in my Christian life. So I would rather be inspired. Yes, I, I, I would too. Uh, the information inspires me though. I mean, I, it, yes. you know, I, well, if I learn something new, that, that, that fires me up. And, and so passages that, you know, that, that inform and sermons that inform mm-hmm. really inspire me as well. If I learn something new, see something in a different light, I've maybe read before, maybe even preached before, but I see it in a different way or hear it in a different way, yeah, that, that fires me up as well as, as a preacher. Uh, who are some of the preachers you enjoy listening to? Um, like I mentioned before, David Allen. Um, also, I love listening to hear you every Sunday. Amen. You're a good man. <laughs> and I also love listening to Robbie Zacharias and uh, people like Max Licato. Zacharias, he, uh, like I said, he paints a, a picture with uh, the intellectual side of preaching, and he always has like he makes it clear cut, and he's just a very intellectual preaching, and I gravitate towards that. Um, Max Licato, he has more of uh, like devotional type type preaching. Uh, I read many of his books, and the way that he puts things is absolute wordsmith. And I just I'd love to use some of the things that he says sometimes. Right, I, I agree with you. I, I like those. Robbie Zacharias is one I really enjoy. In fact, you and I will drive around. I'll come home from work. You and I <laughs> yeah. will drive around in your in your truck and and listen to one of Robbie's sermons. You, you'll say, "Hey, Dad, he's got a new good one out tonight." We'll go we'll <laughs> yes, go drive yeah. or something. That's pretty cool. Uh, but also okay. David Allen, and really enjoy Dr. David Allen from <clears throat> Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, who has preached at First Garland for me before. Uh, and then uh, Alistair Beck, I enjoy him. I like uh, Tony Evans uh, over at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. Uh, some preachers I enjoy listening to uh, as well. Um, tell me this, what, what do you fear most uh, about preaching? Any, anything that, that maybe frightens you or, or, or makes a little, a little bit of trepidation come, come to your, to your heart, maybe heart rate or whatever that, about the preaching process? My greatest fear whenever I'm preaching is that I will somehow do it for the wrong reasons. Uh, I've preached, like you said, several times, and there's always quite a few people there. And I love the pe- I love the people in every audience, and 
Um, I, 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 I love them. I want them to like what I have to say. I want them to like me, but I'm not doing it for them. I'm, I'm doing it for him. Whether they like it or not is important to me, but it's a lot farther down on the list. My priority is to do it for him. And probably one of my greatest fears is that one day I'll slip and I'll start doing it for the wrong reasons. I'll start doing it for me or for other people. And I'll start doing it for any reason other than for him. I agree with you. I, a fear that I have is is that, you know, I'm not speaking for the Lord. Uh, and I'm saying what what I believe or what I, what I you know, I think. But I, I want to speak for the Lord. You, you and I both have talked about Job. Job has been on your heart recently. That be your next sermon. You'll be yes. preaching on Job coming up. And Job's three friends did not speak right of the Lord. Eliphaz, no. Bildad, and Zophar, and mm-hmm. and uh, God told them, uh, "You did not speak what was what was right of me." And and I think that's a fear of mine. I don't want to. I don't want God to 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 say someday you said things of me that were, that weren't correct. And so I think that's one of my greatest fears. I never want to speak for myself. I, I, I always have a keen sense that I, you know, I'm speaking, thus saith the Lord when I stand up there. And people expect that. They right. expect to hear a word from God whenever a preacher stands up. I expect that. Right. I know you expect that. And so, you know, that's the expectation. So I never want to usurp that in any way and take it for my own. And so I think it's one of the fears that I, that I have um, about preaching. Tell me about your first sermon that you preached at First Baptist Garland. It was a Wednesday night place was was packed people are so supportive we have awesome members at we first do. baptist garland we love yes. them to death and and uh but but they supported you they loved you they knew it was your they first did. sermon to preach there they they came out and and it was on the bible uh so yeah, take, take me was. through that process kind of what did you feel going in how did you feel after it was over with during the sermon itself kind of kind of walk through that again uh yes like you said it was on the whole bible um on the slide, uh, you always have the text up there, and I, I played a little a little joke. I said Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, and uh, I talked about the whole Bible. I sprinkled scriptures uh, to what the Bible has to say about the Bible throughout, and uh, I really enjoyed talking about it. I wanted the people to see God's Word in a whole new way. I wanted them to see that it was alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting through the soul and through the heart. Um, going up there, that was one of the most nerve-wracking experiences of my life. My friends told me afterwards they have never seen me look more scared. I was pacing, and I was going off the walls. Uh, I was very nervous. My heart was beating out of my chest, and I prepared a lot. I put a lot of effort. It was during the summer, so I had time. I prepared a lot for this sermon, and I also practiced a lot just in my room. I would time it on my phone and just do it by myself. And I think I pract- I did I did a full run through a total of seven times that week. And I heard it many times. Yes, you yes, you did. You did. Uh-huh. <laughs> and but nothing can prepare you for that moment where you go up there and you just have to start. You really never start on the right foot. You just get this tightness in your chest, and then you, it's like you can barely get the words out, and you just hope that it sounds good along the way. You just you just pray that God uses it, um, and it could probably always go better than you feel like it did, just because you just because I, I did it so many times in my room, and then I, I it's so different doing it in front of you know how, how many people were there. Okay, um, yeah, that was my next question. You look out, you see. 
500 people there easy. Yes. Uh, and is that, is that, does that make you more nervous or you know a lot of those people, you know they love you, you know, you know they support you. Did it bring you comfort? Um, that, that didn't, that didn't hurt. I, I, um, that really helps more than anything else. I'm kind of different from other people in that I am actually most comfortable in front of a lot of people. Um, I was going to be nervous anyway. I was going to be scared to death anyway. So I, the fact that there were so many people actually kind of helped because if I can get an audience's attention and I know that they're with me and I know that like they trust me no matter where I take them, that I, I know that they're with me, then I feel, I feel good. I feel in control of the situation and it, it gives me comfort. That's where I feel like I, I am most comfortable. And so, and I saw everybody out there and I knew, I knew all of them and they were there for me and they were there to hear God's word spoken. Um, I don't know what a lot of them were expecting. I think it went pretty well, but the main thing is that even if it was just bad, just objectively bad, they were there to support me because they loved me and that's a feeling I can't even describe. You know you made a big mistake that night, don't you? Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You, well, the mistake was there were 500 people there and you didn't pass the offering plate. The, so yes, I yes. said, son, you got to pass the offering plate, man. So Yes, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, here's a question. Um, just kind of kind of be honest here. You look okay. out, you see somebody asleep in the middle of your sermon. Right. Let's say it's in Revive at your school or it's a First yes, Baptist chapter. Garland. And mm-hmm. you look out there and someone is, is sleeping. Is that is that their fault or your fault? Um, I think it depends. I think it's a little of both. And I think that walking into any sermon, the preacher and the listener both have a responsibility. It's the listener's responsibility to come with a heart that is ready to worship and to come with a heart that is ready to listen. If, if they don't want to listen, they're not going to listen. Um, but also, I think you and I as speakers, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to make it enjoyable, make it listenable, and make it interesting. Um, the Word of God is not boring. And you, you've said to me many times, I think it's a sin to make the Word of God sound boring. It's not. It's, a, it's alive and active. And so I think... I think when you see someone asleep, that that's obviously going to happen. I think it can be their fault, but I think you also have to remember that you have a responsibility to keep them awake. Uh, if you if you get what I'm saying, I, I do. I understand that, and you're right. I think anyone when they go to the house of the Lord to hear a sermon, whether it's you or me or anyone else, I, I have the responsibility to listen to the word being preached, to right. have my heart ready to. You know, to, to be attentive, I, that, that's my responsibility as a hearer. But on the other hand, I, I think the, the speaker has the responsibility to hear from the Lord, um, put together a sermon that's, that's interesting to listen to, that's, that's well-structured, that's well-illustrated, well-explained, well-applied. And, and the speaker has a responsibility as well. So I, I see someone, you know, sleeping. That's, I don't think that's all on them. I, I believe it's on us as well as, as speakers that we need to... We need to, to keep them engaged with, with the Word of God. Let's go to the flip side of the coin now. Okay. You're up there preaching. It's in, in Revive at Chapel at your school, or it's at First Baptist Garland. You look out, and, and you see somebody 
they're engaged. I mean, right. they're they're with you. They're on the edge yes. of the seat. The Bible's open, and you can tell just by looking in their eyes, boy, they're with me. They're engaged. How does that How does that affect you? Well, it makes me feel like I. I it makes me feel like someone's on my team almost. <laughs> like because when you're up there, you're pouring your heart out, and if you see someone. Uh, whose intent and you you know that it's speaking to them you you think okay um i must be doing something right you know i i know that uh you've shared with me before you're always scanning the audience for eye contact you can always tell if somebody's with you and whenever whenever they whenever you see that someone is with you that is one of the most assuring things like, hey, you're doing a good job. Keep going. I'm getting what you're saying. I'm listening to what you're saying, and I want you to keep going. So you do. Uh, yeah. What What are the qualities in your mind of of a, of a poor sermon? I, I know I know a lot of preachers, men. You know, they they it's not their fault. They they're trying. No, no, they But let's just say, just remove the, the the preacher from the equation. Just okay. the qual, just the sermon itself. What are what are qualities in your mind of of a sermon that's not as good? Disorganization. Um, I feel like if your ideas are there, but they're all over the place, then if the audience can't follow you, then they have no way of getting to where you want them to be if they can't follow you. I also think that, um, I think that the style matters. I think you just can't go up there and talk. I think you have to have a game plan and be organized, like, like I just said. Uh, but also the style matters. Um, there's a lot of nuts and bolts to it. We'll, we'll talk about that in a sure. different podcast. But um, I feel like they have to know where you're going. They have to know what you're saying. And I feel like sometimes people just don't either – they either don't know how to do that correctly or they don't – they can't find – the reason to do it correctly. Uh, to, give me your thoughts on it. What do you? No, think? I I agree with you. I think or, disorganization to me is the quality of probably the poorest sermon. If I don't know where the speaker, the preacher is, or where they're going, to me that frustrates me. I, I'm yes. very organized. You and I both a little bit of OCD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so if, if you tell me up front where you're going, and at any time in the sermon I know exactly where you are, even if it's a long sermon, that's fine. If yes. I know where you are. I'm good, but but to me, the the ones that frustrate me the most, I never know where they're going, and I never know where I am. And then when it's over, I, I don't know where I've been. And so, yes, that's, yes. That, to me, that that's those are the, the qualities of, of a sermon that's not as as good in in my mind. I also think it's. I also think people don't realize. Uh, I think preachers and listeners don't realize uh, both of them. They don't realize how hard it is to. To preach a sermon, to execute a sermon, and to prepare a sermon—it's very, it's very difficult. It's very taxing. It's very emotionally draining. Um, like you and me have, can both relate. You said, I believe you said, preaching a sermon should feel like you've worked a twelve-hour day. Is that what you said? Yes, yes, uh, uh-huh. right. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, and it's it's emotionally draining. We'll talk more about that in our next yes. podcast. But right. you're right; it does. It, it it's it drains you, and I don't think sometimes. People realize that aspect of emotionally and physically both. But we'll, we'll talk about, about that more in our, in our next one. Uh, one of our favorite stories that we've talked about before, uh, we actually heard uh, uh, in, up in Philadelphia uh, from uh, Professor mm-hmm. DBU Professor Dr. Mike Williams. Um, 
one of my our favorite stories, uh, George Whitfield, great evangelist, boy, just a firebrand, and he was he was yep. he was something in England and America both. Um, great friends of Ben Franklin back in the 1700s there in Philadelphia, and great friends. George Whitfield was always trying to convert Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin you know, just was did not buy uh, the, the Christian faith, uh, and so. George Whitfield uh, was preaching on one occasion, and Ben Franklin was going to go hear him. And so one of, one of Ben's friends asked him, where are you going tonight? He said, I'm going to go hear Whitfield preach. And the friend said, what on earth would you want to do that for? You don't believe what he says. And Ben Franklin said, no, but he does. Yep. And so talk a little bit about that. I mean, what, how important is it that people know that, that you believe what you're saying up there? It is so quintessential and implemental that that you believe what you're saying because if you don't believe what you're saying then why should they and i feel like an audience can spot it can they can spot someone who who is just going through the motions and who is just bluffing i think they can spot that a mile away and if you don't care about what you're talking about and if you don't have a passion for what they're talking for what you're talking about then you just can't rightfully expect them to you can't expect them to care about it when you don't yourself and you have to pour so much work and so much effort into it and you have to believe every single word that you're saying because it's not your words it's god's words and if you're doing it right it's not uh if if you're doing it right it's god's words and like like you said there whenever you sit down to write a sermon you'll always pray and say, God, may you control my pen, and may you control the words that I that I speak. I, you and I, our goal is not to be a good, uh, is not to be a good communicator. It's to be a vessel. It's to be a vessel through which the Father can most aptly work through. And I had a seminary professor one time say. A passage has to move you before it moves someone else. Yes. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I, I would like people to say, uh, you know, say an unbeliever is out there listening to me preach, mm-hmm. you know, just, hey, I, I may not buy what he's saying, but well, he does. He, yes. he believes it. And, and I, I think that that's vitally important, as you said. Okay, sermon's over. People are walking out to their car. It, it's over. You've, you've preached. Uh, they're in the parking lot, and they turn to one another. What do you want them to say? About God or about me? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I want them to say about God, I never thought of it like that before. Um, I want my, – my end goal, apart from obviously from preaching what God wants me to – from doing what God wants me to do and saying what God wants me to say, my ultimate goal is – to flip the perspective of of a maybe an unbeliever or maybe a Christian who has just heard this story his whole life, and then I want to be the one to flip that on its head and for him to walk out and and be like, I never thought of it like that before. Because once you do that, that's when you start thinking, and once you start thinking. You start praying, you start studying, you start digging in, and that's when God can start speaking. Uh, a lot of times, whenever we're up there, it's just it's just the beginning. Um, a lot of stuff that God does, a lot of works that he does in our lives, it, it doesn't happen all during that 30 minutes. Sometimes that's just the, sometimes that's just the start, just the, 
the the spark that gets that gets the fire going and it's what you think about afterwards and i want them to think about it in a totally different way and that's what i attempted to do in my sermon about the bible i wanted them to see that the bible is not just basic instructions before leaving earth i wanted them to to see it in a whole new light and to see it in a completely different perspective and again that's what i'm going to attempt to do with my next sermon coming up on suffering, I, I want them to walk away and, and say to themselves, wow, I was asking all the wrong questions. I want them to think to themselves, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, that's a good question for them to, or statement for them to make as they're mm-hmm. leaving. I, I, I would want them to say too, I, I heard from God today, you know, I, yes. whether, whether they like me or dislike me, obviously you want to be liked, but, right. but, you know, whether that's more immaterial, I, I want them to say, I, I heard God speak today, and, and that's what I want them to say. And, and also, if they can summarize the sermon in one Absolutely. sentence yes. as they're leaving, I feel like I've done my job. And mm-hmm. so uh, if someone were to stay, say, hey, what was the sermon about? We'll talk more about that next week, but yeah. next podcast. But takeaway um, point. Yeah, takeaway point. But I, I want them to, to say, I, I really heard God speak to me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- one final thought. Um you are also an actor. You yes. uh, are a, a, in school plays at Wiley Prep Academy. Um, it's a passion of yours. That's you want correct. to continue that in college. What would you say is the difference between preaching and acting? The difference? Well, there are actually a lot of similarities. Um, in both cases, uh, if you're an actor or a preacher, you have a message to convey to the audience on behalf of an author. The difference lies in this, regardless of which stage you're on, whether it's in the theater or behind the pulpit. If you don't believe what you're saying, you're just an actor. If you believe what you're saying, then you're a preacher. Yeah, that, that's a great point and a great distinction there between, between preaching and acting. Camden, it's been fun. It's, I've enjoyed yes. this, talking about preaching, a passion that both of us share. And in the next podcast, uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of putting a sermon together. How do, let's say you're reading the Bible. How do you Absolutely. know that's a passage that, that you want, uh, God wants you to preach on? Yes. Then once you know, okay, God wants me to preach on this passage, what process do you go until you reach the final product that you take into the pulpit with you? Uh, we'll talk more about that. Do you use a manuscript? Use outlines? Uh, exactly how do you do it? I'll tell you how I, how I do it. And we'll talk about that more in our next podcast. Again, this is uh, Dr. Greg Ammons. This is my son, Camden. And uh, we're talking about preaching. And thank you for joining us today. Hope you've enjoyed this. We look forward to coming to you next time uh, with on our podcast, More About Preaching. Have a great day. May God bless you. You have been listening to Authentic with Dr. Greg Ammons. Join us next time for a new podcast whenever we discuss various aspects of the Christian life, relating theological truths from God's Word to practical ways to live for Jesus Christ on a daily basis in a real, genuine, and authentic way.